are listening to The Great Light Podcast. This podcast is a production of Great Light Studios. For more information and resources, or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook or YouTube. If you would like to support the ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so easily and securely through our website. There, you can also find both video and audio versions of the podcast. This, this idea that God rested, Adam and Eve, their creator rested on the seventh day after all of his work. Do you think that's something that is, is sort of, we should have the, the idea that God as a creator, if he rested, that means we also should rest. Yeah, it seems to be the way that the, the story is being told in Genesis 1, where everything that is labeled good and if you, and if, if you read like it's too often we, we unfortunately can read the bible in a very sloppy way we don't pay attention to the details but the biblical authors are expecting us to pay attention to the details and so you, you might have the impression that as it's like day one and, and god spoke and and this came into being and it was good and even you know evening morning and the next day blah 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 and it's just over and over again this was good and this is good this is good and it's not actually what happens there are things that God does, or he doesn't call it good. He doesn't say it's bad, but it's not good. And, and if you're paying attention to that, you should ask the question, well, he must not be arbitrarily calling everything he's doing in creation good. It's specific things that he's doing are good. And so then the question becomes, good for whom? Good for what? Right? If you're going to evaluate something, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, this table, is this table good? It depends on what want to use it for like to use it as we're using it it's great if you want to use it as a bed not so great <laughs> i can think of, of you know a better places for a bed and so you know it, it, light and having the vision between light and darkness is good who is that good for did, did god need light in order to see no he was totally aware you know of where everything was before he turned the lights on um, and so who needs light? We need light, right? But then the, the days when when the world is divided simply between, you know, uh, waters below and waters above and a great expanse of sky between, he doesn't call that good. Because that image, that, uh, that image of a world that is nothing but like water world <laughs> with raging, you know, roiling clouds in the sky and, and raging seas below, where does, where there's no place for man in that world. So he doesn't call that day good. Until he now brings up the land out of the water, now it's good. And then he brings green things out, things that we can eat. That's good. You know, the animals, you know, to be, you know, uh, companions and, and helpers in our, in our tasks, that's good. All these other things are good, but some things are not good. And so it becomes really clear then when, when he gets to the last um, day of, of, of creating, uh, the sixth day, and places man here and places him in like the I most ideal spot on the whole creation. Um, that this has all been, like this is the crowning achievement. And if we go back to the temple language we were talking about last time, where you know the, the creation of the skies and the land is some form of cosmic temple. It's a, it's a space from which God can come in and rest and fill the space the way in the ancient you know, Near Eastern minds, that's what happened in, in a temple built by human hands. Um, and just as in that culture, you, when you were constructing a temple, sort of the, the crowning piece, the final piece would be you'd install the, um, 
the image, the, the idol that represents that God, because the God is invisible. The God who fills the house is invisible. And so you make a visible um, thing, an idol, that you place in a position, in a place of prominence, in a place where everybody can see it, a high place maybe in, in the structure um, that then represents that invisible God that you can't see. And, and usually, uh, you know, when we look at like ancient statues and things of, of gods, usually like they have some sort of animal features or other things about them. And, and those are intentionally pointing to some kind of, you know, attributes or character of that God. When you see a, 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 a statue of Zeus, there'll be things about that statue that kind of tell you who Zeus is. You may not have met Zeus, but when you look at a statue, you can get an idea, a little bit of an idea about who he is, what he's like. And, and in this story, that crowning moment is then when God says, yeah, I need an image too. Mm. I want to place an idol in my temple. Mm. And it's actually the word salam in Hebrew, which is the same word that we'll use later when God says, don't make images, don't make idols. It's salam. So God, we're not allowed to make images of God mm. because God's already made an image of himself. Mm -hmm. And it's you. It's me. It's all humanity. And so he makes this human to be his idol image so that all creation and all the, you know, the spiritual, like we're getting the, you know, angelic beings and all that. When they look at us, they get an idea of what God's like. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was the intention. Right. That was the, the ideal. Which ties into when he tells man their purpose is to fill the earth. Right. Rule, subdue, multiply. Yes. What he's telling them is take that that image that you've mm -hmm. been created in, which is this image of God. And and, and part of what I uh, connect that to, what, what does it mean that, that mankind was created in this image? I think one aspect of that, uh, maybe a major aspect, it would be uh, the fruit of the spirit that they mm -hmm. were capable of manifesting. So yes. love, joy, peace, patience, right. kindness, goodness, God's character, gentleness, self-control. So God's character that mankind... In, in as much as they remained in that that faith, right. <laughs> Sabbath, rest-like right. relationship with God, they were capable of spreading that. Um, so everything God created, you're saying he says it was good for them, mm -hmm. for his image bearers. Right. And, and so if God takes time to rest... Right. And just simply enjoy and reflect out who he is into the world. Shouldn't we, as image bearers, wouldn't that make sense mm. that, yeah, we would do like our father does? So we, as image bearers, as our father does, should, again, going back to Sabbath, what yeah. a simple definition of the word is to cease, to stop. So when God rested, God simply stopped. And and so getting into like what, like in, in practical terms, what value does the Sabbath have? I think that really starts to get to it because when you think about what that means for human beings, again, who are busy, we've got families, we've got work, we've got aspirations, we've got things we want to accomplish. And so the idea of Sabbath teaching us to be like our God who you said in the last one, who knows when to say enough, yes. who knows when to say, okay, that's, that's, that's good. And I'm going right. to stop and, and rest. And so Sabbath should teach us what it, it's meant to do. I think in large part, right. Is to remind us that our, our well being, our, 
uh, are uh, accomplishing things, mm-hmm. um, productivity, our identity, our, our uh, everything that, that we strive for, um, everything that we, we work and exhaust ourselves to attain, yeah. the Sabbath should teach us to stop and remember, call to mind that all those things, our identity, our well-being, our, our yes. um, productivity, ultimately that is God who... He's the source. He is the source of those. Yes. Sabbath reminds us that we aren't the source. Right. Sabbath is meant to remind us that God is the source. He's the king, not us. Yeah. So when we get then to the fourth commandment... Yes. And one of the, the commandments of the Ten Commandments that I think it's interesting that um, is maybe for Christianity. Uh, you know, I, me growing up in the Christian church, I didn't really know what the Sabbath meant, really. And so it seems significant to me that the, the one of the Ten Commandments, the Fourth Commandment, again, it's, it's uh, I think it's the longest commandment. Is that right? In the Ten Commandments? Is which one? The the fourth. I think the, isn't this uh, the tenth one pretty long? Maybe it is. I don't know. Because it goes into so much detail. But when we get, when we get to the fourth. Oh, no, there's, there's a lot. Yeah. There's, there's a lot okay. of text. I'm just looking at it in the text. I don't tend to think of it because we, what happens is we, we abbreviate. Yeah. You know, when we post it on people's walls and in front of courthouses and all that. Right. right? It, they don't actually write out. Right. The whole command. Right. And it is, it is quite. Long. It, is long. And it, it actually looks like it has a big, obvious callback to Genesis chapter exactly. one, in, right in it. So, so what does that mean then? The fourth commandment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we have this command of God to Sabbath. Yeah. Why? Why would He command? Why would He? Why would He put such an emphasis on rest? Why? Why did He give that command to Israel? Yes. So. You know, my opinions have shifted over the years, you know, as I continue to study and read more and read other places in scripture that kind of refer back um, to this um, passage and um, spend time reading like how, how rabbis teach, you know, the understanding. Because this, you know, these Ten Commandments, like this for the Jewish people, even today, like this is what sums up what it means to be a Jew is, is, is these 10 words as they're called. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the ten um, carefully, this again goes back to you know being a, a careful reader of, of the text in Scripture. You see that there the ten is made up of two sets of five, and and you know people have noticed this. You know even people that aren't you know you know deep Bible geeks or scholars or whatever that hey it seems like the first five have to do with um, our, our vertical relationships. Right. And the second five seem to be more like peer-to-peer relationships, mm-hmm. which is interesting. And so you see these five and these five, and they kind of go th- two categories. And then so then you begin to wonder, um, do the two fives go together? Almost like a chiasm, mm-hmm. but not in the, ordered in the way you would order a chiasm. This is just a different kind of parallelism. And then if so... Then that means that each one of the individual commandments is paired with another one that is this is teaching the same principle or concept, just oriented in a different way. 
One is oriented towards the vertical, one is oriented towards the horizontal. Mm -hmm. So um, the Sabbath is commandment number four, so that would fall under the first five. Right. So the Sabbath is, is giving us a principle about our vertical relationship with him. Our relationship with God is what right. you're saying. Right. So that means that the ninth commandment would be the equivalent, how we practice Sabbath in relationship to you and to me, like to how we do it with each other. And what's the ninth commandment? You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. What? So this and keeping the Sabbath are the same principle. Hmm. So, and I think that's the clue for us to understand what is it, why did God command the children of Israel to, to make such a big deal about this day? Because remember, one of the purposes the chief purpose of what God's doing with Israel is what? It's not just blessing Israel just to bless them. There to be a blessing that ultimately blesses all the nations. Like they are part of the vehicle for God's salvation plan for the whole earth. And they are to be, you know, he's already said this in, in this story in Exodus, just, you know, two chapters before, um, or one chapter before, that he his intention for them is to be a kingdom of priests. Mm -hmm. And, and so they're going to be what a priest do. I think we've already talked about this before, too. You know, the, the priests mediate that relationship between God and, and people. And so Israel, as a nation, is going to be communicating something about who God is to the rest of the nations around them. And they're also going to be the vehicle for bringing the other nations, drawing them in to community and fellowship with the God who made the skies and the land. Yeah. And so... You know, I understand what it means not to bear false witness against you, my neighbor against you. That means right. I don't say things about you that aren't true. I don't misrepresent your character, your actions, your words. And if I do, you know, bearing false witness means I'm actually actively telling people things. You know, Jordan said this or Jordan did that. And it's not true. That's not who you are. You would never say that or do that. And there's something about the Sabbath that's how we keep the Sabbath is preaching a message mm -hmm. to the nations for Israel. About God. About who God is. Hmm. And that if they don't keep the Sabbath, they're actually lying about who God is. That's that's powerful. Isn't it? It <laughs> blew me away when I saw that. So not resting in God. So going back to kind of what I mentioned earlier, we get so caught up in our own self-reliance mm -hmm. and our efforts to be productive uh, and you can put this in different, oh, uh, yeah. in different arenas. You can put this in a physical arena where mm -hmm. you're you're just striving and efforting to provide for your family. You, know, you ever hear the, the word um, I've come across here in the U.S. Uh, self-made man. Yeah, self-made exactly. Right? So you can be striving in that way to be a self-made man, to be accomplished, uh, and all the while forgetting your Maker. Yes, uh, but you can do that in the religious. Totally. Arena too, where you are. I'm you, earning all this. You're earning this. You're yeah. thinking that I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. I, I am. I'm the one whose responsibility it is to make this mm -hmm. good. I got myself to, out of Egypt. Right. Exactly. So it's 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 self righteousness ultimately, mm -hmm. and wh wherever that that falls, whatever our lack of rest in God looks like, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, what it's saying is my. My success, my safety, my peace of mind, my peace in life, my security relies on me 
and what I'm able to do. And so when God tells us to Sabbath or to rest, that's a reminder that no, isn't it Matthew Matthew 6? Isn't this just what Jesus is saying when he says, don't worry about your life, what you're yeah. going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. And at the end of that, he, you it's know, the idea he, of trusting God, trusting God like a child. Yes. Um, and so when what you're saying with the Ten Commandments, making that connection um, between the Ninth Commandment is that when we don't do that, mm-hmm. when we don't rest in God and 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 live a life where our hearts are we're are reminding ourselves and we're trusting like a child in yeah. God that that is that is saying something about God and who yes. he is we we by our lack of resting God mm-hmm. are saying something about him so what yes. is it right. what is it that we're saying about him right not good things when we when we practice that yeah we're misrepresenting who our father is and he takes that seriously yeah and i think that's why you know, there's such a huge block of text about that and going all the way back because I, I think what, um, you know, God is doing in this, you know, so, so this would be Exodus 20 verses 8 through, wow, 11. And, you know, I'll just read that whole command. Remember remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And so the other, other words, you know, we, uh, you, know, you don't forget about it. Like you, you intentionally bring it to mind. Right. That's what that word remember means. In order to keep it special, to mm-hmm. make it set apart, keep it unique. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. So you got plenty of time during the week to get all the stuff you need to get done. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to Yahweh your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter. Like so you can't say, okay, I'm going to rest, but my kids mm-hmm. are going to be working the fields, right? Um, or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. In other words, your whole, like, they don't even have cities of their own yet, but God's looking forward and saying, even when you have your own cities, like, you're not going to get around this by making somebody else work for you as if mm-hmm. they're not a part of this, but you are. Like, this right. is for everyone. Like, God is the God of everyone. For in six days, Yahweh made the sky and the land and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So again, it's that reminder that all this stuff is here, the land, the sea, the sky, it's all here because of Yahweh. And and he made it for a purpose and he made us for a purpose and we're recognizing his supremacy and his authority in our lives. So self-reliance and and God reliance. It's this idea of, of it, it's interesting that God, like you said, God wasn't letting anybody out of it. It's like, and, and this emphasis on remember. Mm-hmm. So it's that God wants us to be a kind of people who remember, bring specifically to remembrance who God is yes. and who we are yes. to, to, uh, to bring ourselves into a proper perspective uh, yes. again of who God is and who we are and, and who we aren't that, that yes. we aren't our own provider we right. we aren't our own savior right. uh, we aren't our own redeemer mm-hmm. and so that emphasis on remember is like God saying this is very important mm-hmm. as human beings I, it's like again. I think if it, the fact that uh, rest 
is found in the creation narrative way back at the beginning. It's like the way God created mankind in this creation is that restfulness in God is woven into like creation itself. And they're intricately linked so that if you don't have rest, it doesn't work correctly. Mm -hmm. Right. Everything goes haywire. And so the fourth commandment is about that. It's God commanding us to stop, to cease, Mm -hmm. and to remember who he is. Yes. And to remember where our well-being, our safety and security comes from. That at the end of the day, it doesn't rely on us and what we're able to do, Mm -hmm. what we're able to accomplish. It depends on who God is and ultimately what he has already done for us. It's the fact that God has already done something for us that enables us to be people who can um, constantly rest. And so for Israel, they had this, you know, they had this specific day, the specific day that was to remind us. But um, if I think even for them, if they, and if we only rest on one day and think Mm -hmm. that, okay, I've done my, I've done my Sabbath duty for the week. Um, it would almost be a parallel to the way the, the Jews with the command of do not commit adultery would say, okay, well, I'm not committing the physical act of adultery. Ooh. So are you getting the Sermon on the Mount? Right. And so, you know, I've, I've done my part of keeping that right. commandment. But have you kept it here? Have you kept it here? Have you kept it in your heart? Yeah. And, and if you only relate to God in a restful way, mm-hmm. one day a week, even, yeah. uh, I think... We're you missing can, it, right? You can go through the motions and still not be remembering. Right. Right. So what this tells me, what this tells me though, is that the fourth commandment, the commandment about Sabbath is not about, or, or maybe let me just ask you, is is it about going to church? No. <laughs> <laughs> so why? Not at all. Why? Why do so many people think that? Why? Oh what, my goodness. Where does that come from? That's, you know, at this point, we're talking centuries of church right. tradition. And, yeah. And I think if you trace back the, you know, for those Christian groups that have sort of abandoned the seventh day and embraced the eighth day as the Sabbath, it, it usually goes back to some uh, leader um, that had a serious problem with the Jewish people, to be blunt. And wanted to make it really clear we're not with them. Mm-hmm. We have nothing to do with them. To disconnect they, from it's a disconnect. You see this actually history. happen then even forward when you go when Islam enters the stage. So by that point we're in the sixth uh, century, and so you know of course the Jews are still at that point you know, observing the Sabbath on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of of Christians in that region are instead. Um, gathering and celebrating um, on the eighth day. And so what day do you think is special in the week to the Muslim people? Tell me. The sixth. The sixth is their, their Sabbath. Okay. Because they couldn't do the seventh because they didn't want to be worshiping on the same day, you know, gathering congregational on the same day as the Jews. And they didn't want to do it on the first day of the week or the eighth day, depending on how you look at it. Um, because they didn't want to be, you know, associated with the Christians. And so they chose the day on the other side. Of the, the Christians took the day after the Sabbath. The Muslims took the day before the Sabbath. 
And that's when the big congregational gathering is in the mosque every week. Okay. So there's a lot, there's a lot of questions I'm, I'm anxious to get to. I want to pick your brain about relating to um, a lot of those things and, and yeah. even the history. But when I kind of look at this, this idea that <clears throat> Sabbath is, is a gift to mankind, I think mm-hmm. it's not this burdensome obligation. Not at all. Um, yeah. it, it's something that is meant to be a blessing that refreshes us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as as a as a Christian, I often will say, you know, I keep the Sabbath every day. Um, and so I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that? Like, what what when you when you hear that? Yeah. Do you think that's is that biblical? I I, I certainly couldn't say that just based on you know you making that statement. Well, I, I would I would love to hear like, well, what does that look like? Yeah. Even I run into people who you know, um, either say they say something like that or say they, they keep, they, they keep a Sabbath, but not on a Saturday, yep. for example. Um, and you know, I, what I want to know is, okay, what does that mean for mm-hmm. you? What does that look like? What yeah. is that doing? And I think, you know, that's why it's important, significant, I think for us to understand what the purpose of, of keeping the Sabbath for Israel was that there's a principle there. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a principle, there's something that's being, there's a message that is being proclaimed by a life that is lived that, that has this kind of pattern or rhythm to it to everyone else who might be watching. And so do I think that everyone has to do it exactly the same way? If you're not a Jew, no. Mm-hmm. I think if, if you're an Israelite, well, I think you, you have the Torah to tells you what to do. But if you're not an Israelite, um, if you're simply a, a Christ follower, whether you come from a pagan background or a secular background or a Muslim background, um, I think what matters more to us is is the principle here. And, and the principle is, am I living a life in such a way that people who are observing me are able to discern things about the God I serve that are true? And what what is it, if you're following that principle, as you should, what is it that people will discern about the God you serve? They will discern that he is a God who is a good father, who uh, wants to be with, to have time with us, to have the quality time with us. I love how it's such an odd thing. It's not what you expect if you're reading carefully in the Exodus story. But the first time that, that Moses comes to Pharaoh to ask for the people's release, he doesn't say, you know, let my people go so that we can go conquer the land of Canaan and mm-hmm. make a nation for ourselves. He says, our God has summoned us to the wilderness in order to celebrate with him, which was just like speaking Greek to Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Like what in the world? There's no God. Gods don't yeah. want to have parties <laughs> with people in the Especially desert. Especially in the desert. Right. right? That's like what in the world? Spot, yeah. Right. Like what in the world? And like, it's for real. And like, yeah. and he actually calls his God by name and it, he makes, he, he uses language to say that our God sees us as his children and he wants to go on a retreat with us and have a party. Yeah. Cause that's how much he loves being with us. And that's like, <sighs> And like that was Pharaoh had no grid for that, which is why he's like, not only is the answer no, but you guys are having crazy daydreams out there. You must have way right. too much rest. I'm going to take away all your rest because right. rest isn't good yes. for you. Yes. So if you are obeying that principle of Sabbath, what you're kind of saying maybe, or correct me if I'm wrong, is that what it what it tells the world 
is that our God is a God who likes us to enjoy relationship with him. Yes. And is a God who delivers us from our bondages, is a God who takes care of us. Absolutely. The God we serve is like a a really good dad Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to stress and worry so much like the rest of the world does. Mm -hmm. I don't have to get so anxious and fearful about finances or or sicknesses or or bills to pay or anything. Um, And again, relating to this to uh, the religious people, I don't have to worry so much about, you know, am I not sinning enough or am I I being holy enough? Right, because you can keep the Sabbath and bear false witness. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because what you just described, that that way of, of keeping Sabbath is a way that that speaks something truthful about who God is, like we were discussing. But you can keep a Sabbath day in such a way that what it communicates to everyone around you is you follow a God who's all about like rules, rules and rule keeping. Exactly. And, and if he catches you right. doing, you know, mowing your lawn on Saturday, he's gonna strike you down mm-hmm. like, you know, scary, or he's gonna punish you in eternity. I mean, there's a way to do it that's wrong. So, so keeping the Sabbath, Okay, I'm, I'm going to get specific again mm-hmm. because uh, so much of the conversations going on in this channel are related to the World Mission Society Church True. of God. But what you just said, this is a prime example mm-hmm. of that. So their Sabbaths, what they revolve around is being in their Zions, which is their church. Mm-hmm. They Their members have to be there from morning to night, just hours upon hours. And what they wow. do is they study. They, 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 in, um, tithing, tithing is a big deal to them. And, and there's, so there's this list, really interesting. there's this list of requirements, right? And so we've, we've talked to, you know, we have former members who will, who will tell us that like for them, when they were in that group, Saturdays, their Sabbath days. And again, for this group, Sabbath is, is a big emphasis. Like they, yes. they act as if this is a big deal to them. They're very passionate about yeah. the fourth command. Sure. But members will tell us that for them, Saturdays were the most exhausting, burdensome day of their week. Which sounds like the opposite of Sabbath. It, the opposite. And so when you say that you can keep the Sabbath mm. in a way where you're actually bearing false witness about God. Yeah. Isn't that what Yes. that is? I think you're not remembering the Sabbath. You're misremembering right. the Sabbath. Because what what are you doing if your Sabbath days, your days of rest are filled with trying to prove yourself. Trying to prove yourself to God. Yeah. And and, and God's story is you don't have to prove anything. Right. You just have to be with me. And that's the point of the Sabbath. Isn't that isn't that what the command of the Sabbath is for? Is it, yes. it's not a command from a strict God who mm-hmm. wants all, all these rules and obligations mm-hmm. perfectly fulfilled. Right. But it's it's a command from God to, again, remember who I am. Mm-hmm. Remember what I'm like. Remember right. my good character. Remember that I'm like a good dad yeah. who is going to take care of you. Yeah. And so to, yeah, and so to... Break the Sabbath to disobey the Sabbath doesn't just look like not observing Sabbath on Saturday, but it, it could mean you're doing things that you think are keeping the Sabbath, but all the while what you're doing is you're making this statement yeah. about God that says he's not good. 
He's not, he's not good enough to provide for me. I, I have to do my part. Right. And you anxiously strive and effort to do what God has already freely done for us. Right. Which is sad. Which is sad. It's very sad. And it doesn't lead to rest. It leads to... Burnout, I would think. Burnout, yeah. You said something about Pharaoh and Moses in that interaction. Yeah. In, in the, the release of Israel from bondage yes. to um, into freedom. And so the Sabbath... Do you do you feel like in a way the Sabbath resting, resting in God, does it have anything to do with this idea of bondage and slavery and um, sure Sabbath being a reminder? Absolutely, in that regard. absolutely. So talk about that. Well, I mean, I think we see it in you know when I read the verse, you know when it goes down to specific details about you know sons and daughters and even about your male and female servants mm-hmm. and even your livestock it's it's that reminder um, that we may because of you know position or privilege at times look and feel as if we are superior to those around us and we can you know use and exploit animals and people around us as we will but the reality is the Sabbath day is the reminder that the reality is we're all equal before God. And we're all free. Mm. We were made free. And we sometimes end up, you know, as, as Israel did, and to quote now the, the first commandment, you know, who brought, I am the Lord your God, Yahweh your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Mm. There's something to that. There's something to that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Again, if you connect that to the gospel, mm-hmm. which um, I think is a good connection to make, mm-hmm. you see Paul uh, talking over and over in the New Testament about our once being slaves of sin, but now we are slaves to righteousness. We've been freed from our bondage mm-hmm. to sin right. as children of God. Yes. And so do you think then Sabbath actually involves an aspect of freedom from sin? Does it relate to our our freedom and rest that we have from our bondage to the, the, the taskmaster of sin? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, I, I don't think that's how, um, you know, Jews 2,000 years ago who are reading Exodus, you know, are thinking of it in, right. in that way, right. right? But at the same time, it, it's not as if they're they're ignorant of the the symbolism that that Egypt and later Babylon, you know, carry with them, and that um, you know disobedience and rebellion, you know, which idolatry, which are just forms of that sin takes, um, are their own slave master in a way, mm-hmm. and that they will grind you into dust given enough time and that God's intention for man is to be set free hmm. from, he wants to set all the people free. He wants to set Egypt free from Egypt. Right. He wants to set, he wants to heal Babylon from Babylon's wounds because he, all of these empires and you know, human empires um, all end up the same way. Hmm. So let me read something here that I think touches on some of what you just mentioned about Slavery. So, yeah. so Deuteronomy 12, I think, kind of relates to all this. Um, 
starting in verse 12 of chapter 5, um, says, Observe the Sabbath day mm -hmm. to keep it holy, yeah. as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates that your male servant uh, and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So it's interesting that he says, therefore, yeah. because of Which this Which is different reason, than what we read in Exodus 20. It's different, 20. right? What, what, what did we read well, in Exodus 20? Well, which one 20? is it? Yeah. So what, is it, what did it say in Exodus 20? So what? in Exodus 20, um, the, the reason, the rationale behind the Sabbath mm -hmm. is what? It, it's because God made... The heavens and the heavens earth. in the earth in six days yeah, and rested on the right, seventh. Right. Therefore, he blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy because in six days. But now it's right. because he led you out of Egypt. So which is it, Jordan? Right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know, what was wrong with Moses? Right. Did he forget, forget what he wrote right. two books ago? Yeah. It was a really long time in the desert. Or maybe. Or maybe it's maybe a nuanced it, issue. Maybe there's yeah. more there's more dimensions to maybe this. Maybe it's both. Maybe they're all true. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's fascinating to me. And again, I think it shows just how important this concept of Sabbath is, how it runs through yes. all of Scripture. Even when Sabbath, that, that specific word may not mm -hmm. appear, mm -hmm. it's this principle yeah. that, that you see uh, all the way through the Bible. And the importance of it, you, you see when, when Israel would stop keeping the Sabbath, you see the downfall and the, yes. the, the move, movement towards sin that would happen as a result of that. But... But it's interesting that it says, therefore, so because God brought Israel out of the land of Egypt, he says, remember that you were a slave. Yeah. God brought you out of that slavery with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. And therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath yeah. day. So again, You're not I, slaves anymore. Yeah. Be free. And doesn't this go back to what, what we've been talking about, about yes. the character of God, that the Sabbath day is a day that you remember that God is a God who frees us from it's our slavery. freedom day it's, it's freedom right yeah that god god's the one israel didn't deliver themselves not out at of all <laughs> they didn't they didn't have to do anything except right. for whine and cry and and mm. and uh become afraid and then god delivered them yeah but it's it's so fascinating to me that he says this is this is at least part of why mm -hmm. the sabbath is so important because yes. it it pushes us to remember the kind of god that we serve a God who, who over and over and over again mm -hmm. saves us, delivers us. Yes. Um, not just not just in the way of parting Red Seas, but in everyday practical life, where yeah. the fears and the anxieties of life, the the burdens of 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 family issues, health issues, um, or you know the struggles with sin, the struggles with guilt, the struggles with temptation and all these things that I think Sabbath is is key remembering remembering again mm -hmm. the command is to remember God commands us in those moments of struggle and difficulty doesn't he to 
remember who he is. Remember yes. the kind of God he is. And then to That's like the key word stop. in Deuteronomy, isn't it? Remember. Like remember, remember, yeah. remember. It's constantly that push to remember. Yeah. yeah. Remember what God has done for you. And then know that that's the kind of God he still is. Right. He's consistent. Yeah. Yeah. You have been listening to The Great Light Podcast. To find more information and resources, or to watch our films, go to greatlightstudios.com or find us on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to support this program and partner with the Ministry of Great Light Studios, you can do so through our website. There you can also find both video and audio versions of this podcast.